This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And speaking of Central Works, we have uh, one of the resident writers, the resident writer of Central Works, a fantastic playwright, Patricia Milton. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Last minute. Yeah. <laughs> In the last minute. Yeah, we had one artist, uh, an artist from Lower Bottom Plays, but he is trapped in um, L.A., so... I texted Pat. A terrible fate. <laughs> terrible fate, yeah. In any case, I texted Pat and I was like, hey, you know, uh, last minute. And I fully expected you to say, no, I've got things to do, da 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 da. But you're like, hey, let's go. I so. keep my Saturdays open because <laughs> I'm writing on other days. Huh? Yeah, and you are uh, the resident writer, playwright of Central Works, and uh, they've done three of your past plays The Victorian Ladies Detectives Collection, yeah. Bamboozled, and Enemies, Foreign and Domestic. Past president, playwright center of San Francisco, a member of uh, Theater Bay Area, TBA, Central Works Writing Group, and International Center of Women's Playwrights. And uh, you've done way, 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 way more. How was your morning? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. We had a very unusual <clears throat> show must go on moment <laughs> yes. last night. Yes. Where the show may not go on if the Berkeley Fire Department says oh, that it can't. they the building down. That's right. <laughs> yeah. They could. Yeah, yeah it's, oh. it was a little ridiculous. But however, what we did see, I mean, uh, for those who don't know, All the, sec- the, the second pages. act, there was a fire alarm that set off. I thought someone just set off a fire alarm for no yeah. reason. I mean, uh, but apparently there was a fire on the sixth floor. And and no, a radiator burst a radiator is burst. what I heard. And ah. so, you know, you got boiling water <laughs> trying to find some place to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we did get to see, I'm going to say 80% of the show. And uh, it was magnificent. It was really, really good. I am so impressed. Wonderful. Envious. I'm not going to say envious, but I just, just, just. I can learn a lot. I think a lot of playwrights can learn a lot from you. So thank you. Now that's awesome, I, Norman. I as, totally agree. As I begin uh, each podcast, how was your week? What happened this week? I don't know. No, I'm, I'm still in that limbo of, yeah. of you can't make any, you can't make any announcements, right? I cannot make any announcements. I'm waiting. Yeah. Um, hopefully next week. Yeah, um, we won't jinx anything. But um, Baldwin. Is the ramping Project. up, and <clears throat> I'm I'm still chasing down one actor, and then hopefully we will have our cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a read, Neil and I did a read yesterday. Okay, um, just to get a timing on it, and it's under an hour, yeah. which is what I wanted. I am not your this this year this month is I'm not your poet. I am not your Negro Negro poet. poet. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Um, these uh, we've been doing a series of readings <clears throat> using that theme of I'm Baldwin's yes. I am not your Negro. Um, and this is about his poetry, because most people don't know that he was a poet, or that he wrote poetry. He, I think it's a stretch to call him a poet, because he didn't publish, I don't know if he published any of it, he didn't pu- publish much of it before he died, um, and then it was finally collected, maybe before he died, I should check on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to do just a taste of Baldwin, um, one of his uh, mentors, and... A bunch of plays written by contemporary playwrights, local uh, mm-hmm. poets, not playwrights, poets. Mm-hmm. Oh, about Baldwin, Wonderful. yeah. Uh, about Baldwin, yeah. yes. Speaking of one of his mentors, it's ironic that both men in their last days, I'm thinking of Richard Wright, wrote poetry. He wrote haiku. Right, right. 
So I'm wondering if there's some sort of a psychological thing where, I don't know, like you just need to write or get something out of your system before. Well, as as we will find out in the piece, Baldwin yeah. started early. He started when he was in school mm-hmm. writing poetry, yeah. just like he started preaching when he was young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it's, so that's, that's been taking up my time this week and a lot of yard work I've been <laughs> I've got trees that I've got one tree that I think is finally under control mm-hmm. and I'm, this weekend I'm going to work on the other tree yeah um, we have pepper trees and they hang out over the sidewalk and I was just down visiting my mom a couple of weeks ago and I helped her with her pepper tree as we were doing it, you could see people ducking to get past the tree so it was so satisfying to cut out a little path so they could get through at least oh, the sidewalk nice. is clear I'm doing even more. I wanted. I don't want them going past the fence line. I, I want the trees in the yard. Mm-hmm. So. There you go. Yeah. Uh, before we get deep into it, I figured I'd knock out our second sponsor. We want to thank Charles Blades Barbershop for sponsoring us. Charles Blades is located at 182nd Street in downtown Oakland. It's very cool. A relaxing place where you can get your cuts on, get your hair cut, and uh, they'll even serve you a complimentary drink mm. as you're waiting. Charles is also selling men's hair products on his website, cbbgroomingproducts.myshopify.com. You don't have to remember all that. Just if you're listening to this, you can click on the link and get hair gels, pomades, shampoos, and conditioners. Hop online, give the products a try, and support minority businesses like my man, Charles Blades. I want to thank and him for sponsoring CBD, me. not CBD. Exactly. <laughs> And you still have to explain to me what CBD is. Oh, it's cannabis. <laughs> gotcha. I got it. Weed. It's, it's a weed thing. It, but it's the um, it's the non. So THC is the stuff that gets you high. Gotcha. They've made strains that don't get you high, but mm-hmm. they do. They relax. They okay. People claim all kinds of health benefits from it. I think people just like the idea of kind of getting high. It's sort of like diet coke. Yeah. <laughs> Or near, or near beer. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be anti-inflammatory. That's what I, I see. Very much. Uh, and it started with uh, glaucoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, this is something that has actually been going on for a long time. But now, I don't know how much medical establishment is behind it, but there's definitely an industry. Yeah. You can get all kinds of ointments and cool all stuff. kinds of tinctures and yeah. CBD. <laughs> uh, there's a, a bubble bath. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was it was recommended to me, so I tried it. Uh-huh. Uh, they make another product that's lavender. I'm going to go back to the lavender. I'm like uh, CBD ain't doing nothing for me, but the <laughs> lavender was heaven. So we want people to check out Charles Blades Barbershops, and uh, you can check out CBD too on your mm-hmm. own time. Been some current events. Uh, yet, yet, yet another mass shooting. They and they found him. And they found him. He uh, killed himself. I do have a theory. It's it's my tis the season theory. I do think mm-hmm. that as we get into the holiday season, for those who do not have a family and mm-hmm. who do not have the warm holiday spirit, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas, I think they lash out. I think there's just a lot more lashing outs that happen during the holiday season. This is just well, me. Well, that's or, true. I, I think that's statistical, yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed that, Patricia? Have you thought you about know, that? You know, I wrote a play about a aftermath of a mass shooting, and... Um, I think there's a lot in our society that kind of supports uh, just being violent against other people. Yeah. <laughs> Which is extremely unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think that um, our social skills, I mean, just the ability, and, you know, it's funny, the engine of our disruption, a lot of it deals with tech. And tech bros creating products and solutions and software stuff to supposedly make our lives better. 
but a lot of times it can sort of just take over our ability to think and make decisions. Uh, and I think a lot of that is social. I mean, I just don't know if people talk anymore. They don't even teach handwriting in school anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, to tie this in with, you know, violence, uh, a lot of times when you can't articulate your, you know, your feelings or your arguments or your discussions, you resort to that. So, so there's that. Um, CNN reports uh, store chains are using organized retail theft to cover other losses. So this is an article that basically have you thought about? You've no, it's, there's been it hasn't been it hasn't gotten as, enough attention. But there are lots of stories that point out that the only people telling us yes that there's this increase in retail theft mm-hmm. is are the is the industry right? The cops aren't doing it. And, you know, so there are no mm-hmm. stats on it that aren't coming from the industry. And right. in fact, their stats, when you actually look at the data, yeah, their stats don't even show it. They right. don't show it. And the this guy went to Congress, at, I don't know if it was Target or who, who it was, but went to Congress and lied to them and said, mm-hmm. it's way up. Yep. Well, it's up since lockdown. Right. Yeah, right. That's, none that's of the stores were yes. open. Yeah. So, yeah. They, the, there's something up with them. They yeah. want... They mm-hmm. want some. Well, sure. I mean, I think the button is, or what the point that they are trying to make, they, the uh, the industry, like CVS and a lot of these, you know, Walgreens, they, sometimes they overstock or sometimes they make mistakes, business mistakes. Right. And to cover those losses to say, no, it's not my fault. Yep. They're blaming crime and they're saying, well, we need more police protection and we need more this, more that. And... Honestly, I think there's a there's a string of racism or, you know, or elitism. It's like, you know, poor people are doing this. It's not our fault. Right. Therefore, and it disrupts. I mean, having worked in the district attorney's office, I worked in San Francisco for 26 years. Now mm-hmm. I work for the Oakland district attorney's office. The, you know, there's a push for, hey, prosecute these retail theft things, which translates to, pro, pro, you know, uh, prosecute the poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gary Graves and I actually talked about this before we went to see uh, the show. We got we went to get a drink on the second floor, mm-hmm. and we were talking about that. And, and it, it disrupts, you know, the cities. It disrupts. Um, I mean, I'm talking about just crime and and even the the talking of oh, you know, San Francisco is just the worst, the worst, the worst. Oh yeah, we keep hearing that. Yes, and I don't know if it's really real, but then. It's almost like perception begets reality. You know, mm-hmm. you start believing it, and then all of a sudden, you know, companies leave, people leave, right? And theaters and get affected. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say that you have a much larger chance of being robbed by a bank mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. a bank has a chance of being robbed by you. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That is exactly right. Um, Twelve states. Oh, this ties into tech. 12 states have filed lawsuits. I think, I'm sure you may have known, heard about this, Pat, against Meta, uh, which creates Facebook, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is Facebook, for causing mental harm on kids. This is going to be a very interesting lawsuit because if a judge rules on this, saying that there's statistical evidence that kids who take too much social media in and are enticed by social media companies, mm-hmm. that they're mentally and psychologically affected. And what are people like Mark Zuckerberg doing about that? So... It'll be interesting to see what happens in the courts regarding that. Well, they have discovered a way to kind of addict people. Right. Make people feel bad and Mm -hmm. then offer them something to buy. Right. To make them feel better. Yeah. So it's like such toxic capitalism. Yeah. It's like like dopamine hustle. I mean, it's like, you know, we want to get your dopamine fix, you know. Yeah. 
you know, keep your eye on your phone and, you know, swipe and, you know, take in our products and all that stuff. So it's just, it's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fun, I always squeeze a fun thing in. <laughs> <laughs> An 80-year-old woman in Italy sued to kick her two sons out of her home. She Yay! has two sons, 40 and 42. They are employed, but they do nothing to pay for the house and expenses or whatever. They're feeding off of their mother. And their defense <laughs> in Italy was, well, it's tradition for the parents to take care of the kids. <laughs> you ain't kids, though. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, 40-year-old yeah, virgin, there's a limit. But... There's a ceiling on that. Right, exactly. So that's uh, uh, that was fun. <laughs> One of the joys of getting older is realize, and I realized this as a young adult, I was like, oh, wait, you're not in charge of me anymore, and I could just go about my business and... That could be life, mm-hmm. or we can establish a new relationship. And it was exciting to go, oh, we can, like, I love being 18 and coming over. I remember asking my mom if I could smoke weed in the house because I was 18. <laughs> and she was like, you, you know, you do you. Mm-hmm. I remember bringing a girlfriend over when I, um, after I <clears throat> graduated from college. And, you know, they were like, well, you know, we, we you, just, you guys to be in the living room, but you can't, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> there's no sleeping over. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I may be 21, but I still have to abide. So, right. but hey. Well, it's their house. Yes, okay. it is. It is their house. Pat, I was going to ask you if you have any kids, but we might as well get into an origin story. Uh, where were you oh. born and raised? I was born and raised in San Francisco. All right, native. Yay! Siblings? Yay! I have many siblings. I have, I, well, I had six and now mm-hmm. i have five so mm-hmm. um what got you into um theater were you were you an actress oh no no, no. Oh. <laughs> you didn't get involved in I'm, high school i'm uh, very much an introvert and i i'm not a very good actor actually but um i loved writing i always loved writing mm-hmm. i remember vividly things i wrote when i was a kid you know and i would write um would write like TV episodes and we put them on in the garage. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, my parents did love the theater and did take us to theater. And I learned early on not to ask any questions. Mm. Um, they took us to Shakespeare. Wow. And I remember my little <clears throat> brother, it was this fantastic King Lear. Mm-hmm. All the women had. Uh, these armbands with knives in them, you know, and everybody was just so mm-hmm. uh, fierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. And during the intermission, my brother said, my little brother, he was probably eight. I don't mm-hmm. know what they were doing, taking him to King Lear. He said, <laughs> Mommy, what's a bastard? <laughs> and I thought, there are a lot of words in that play that he did not understand, but that was the one that he was going to ask <laughs> that about. That he was fixated on. Yeah. Oh, how funny. So, But how wonderful that your parents were, you know, they, that they took the kids to yes. see uh, theater and, you know, other cultural things. So that grabbed onto you. Uh, what did you study in college? Um, in college, I took theater uh, for a while, and then I actually um, had an addiction problem, and I left college, and I joined uh, the Coast Guard. Okay, And I was wow. in the U.S. Coast Guard for mm-hmm. seven years. Wow. And so, I don't know so why I thought that was going to be of any help to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I imagine uh, you wanted to get abroad and, and I don't know, see the world. and Oh, I absolutely. Stuff. And I felt like, you know, there's lots of guys there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. And uh, it was fun. It was so much fun. I did. I had the job that Alex Haley, who wrote Roots, yeah. that he had in the Coast Guard, which was being a photojournalist. Oh, nice. nice. And so I had, like, I could go out in the helicopter mm-hmm. and take photographs. Nice. And uh, they gave me wonderful camera equipment. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I mean, I really, really, really had a great time. Uh, it didn't help me with my addiction problem, however. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like. Um, now, afterwards, when did you actually become a playwright? When did you write your first play? Boy, well, like I said, I wrote, you know, like TV episodes okay. in the as I don't know, I was twelve or something, mm-hmm. and then in college I did write plays and we put those on. Um, but I stopped writing for many years. I had I had issues, so mm-hmm. I did stop writing, um, and I worked in public relations. And in uh, marketing. Okay. And I just kind of, I still went to the theater. Sure. But I couldn't really contribute to the theater okay. for a while. When would you first uh, publish play or play that was produced? Well, this was fun. Uh, I had a writing partner, mm-hmm. Andrew Black. Mm-hmm. And we would I, we went to the theater together and we worked together. And he had some he just had this idea for a play which was to take an existing play uh in this case garson canaan's born yesterday Mm -hmm. and reimagine it as uh with gay characters Hmm. Hmm. uh called porn yesterday (laughs) (laughs) funny funny (laughs) and so uh we the two of us went away together and we wrote took a week and went to uh far away and we wrote this play and it won this festival Mm -hmm. and so we thought hey we're on to something and so together we wrote several more plays and they were produced we were we were delighted porn yesterday was produced in new york in fact wow off 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 off, now is he still around or do you still collaborate with him oh yeah he is still around he um took a turn more towards teaching Mm -hmm. and so he got his phd um, and is looking for a, a professorship. Okay. No, that's fantastic. Tell us why, you know, this is one a question I usually ask, but there was something about theater that, you know, like there are a lot of folks who get involved in, let's say, plays when they were in their high school or whatever, and then they'd move on with life. Something held, grabbed theater or playwriting to you you know even more than let's say being a novelist or whatever what is it about playwriting i know what it is for me but what is it for you that, sure. that holds it holds on to you sure uh, i think that <clears throat> it is an art that uh is in four dimensions okay so it's uh excuse me uh people gathering together and going through an Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. all at the same time yeah so the people on stage are going through it but the audience is also going through it yeah and there's nothing there's a obviously song is like that too Mm -hmm. but there's really 
no other art that does that. Yeah. And so it's a community event. It's live, which I love. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's really precious to me. I love it. And it. I, I think it does help people to... I've learned a lot of things from theater. I've learned... I've heard other people's stories. I just think it's it's really wonderful. So. Yeah. Can you talk about your collaboration with Central Works? You know, we had Gary on many, many years ago, and he talked about the process where when an, uh, a playwright comes into Central Works, a lot of times they haven't written anything at all. They just have a concept. And then there are these, I think it's weekly uh, incubator sessions where you'll work with, you know, Jan and Gary and maybe some of the, of the actors mm-hmm. if, if it's already cast. And then you'll create the play as these series goes on. Um, is that, when was your first time working with Central Works? Okay, so I did that. It's called the Central Works Method. Right. Yes. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did that once, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> it, was, it is intense. It was very intense. Yes. To say, I'm going to have this play. Yes. In, in this case, it was five months. Okay. Right. In right. five months, mm-hmm. this thing is going to be open to the public. Mm-hmm. And right. you could really fall on your butt in front of everybody. So uh, it was called Reduction in Force. It was about it was about a bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about the um, you know the financial meltdown mm. that we experienced. Oh, so yeah, something in two thousand eight subprime loan. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of still going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so uh, all I had, I had the title Reduction in Force. I had. Uh, a comedy about the survival of the sneakiest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a cast. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was all I had yeah, yeah. <laughs> to start with. So anyway, I wrote it. It was great. Um, I, this is something I failed to mention about why I love theater. I love the collaboration. Yeah. yeah. Because working with people to create a piece is just it's something that I really love mm-hmm. and frankly being a novelist you do have a lot of control but you're sitting alone in your house for, mm-hmm. forever yeah, so right, yeah. I that's not really what I like to do mm-hmm. so yeah I so I did that once now I um I go to I'm a member of the Center Works Writers Workshop mm-hmm. and that is where we bring in pages mm-hmm. and we have a number of other playwrights who give like fabulous feedback like very 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 helpful mm-hmm. and gary gary graves is very spot on in being able to get people who are very they're very talented mm-hmm. they're very they can express what they think about the play without like still Without being unkind. Yeah. Well, it's constructive criticism. Exactly. Yeah, it's criticism that helps build up the playwright. That's right. Because I think we've all gone through, you know, you submit something and then you cringe because like, oh my God, are they going to like it? Or are you going to get a criticism that really isn't helpful for you? That's right. Um, so, you know, that's important. And being a part of, I was part of Gary Graves, uh, he teaches a class at the Berkeley Rep. Uh-huh. So I was a part of that uh, playwriting uh, class. And it was he's very instructive mm-hmm. and very, very succinct and to the point. So, you know, you need that. Um, 
we should talk, you, Norman and I. What's that? About the play. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I'm wondering how much, I mean, I guess, well, no, it's extended now, right? So it's going through the 19th, is that right? I is think, it? I, that's <laughs> what I was talking to the So we went to uh, the, the bar down the street last night with, um, uh, why am I spacing on it? Uh, Chelsea. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so, and Gary. Um, Gary okay, actually well, sat, word is out then. Wow, Gary Graves was there too. <laughs> well, he sat with, he had a friend that was there. So they oh, okay, sat gotcha. And Somewhere they else. talked. Yeah. But there was a group of the folks that were in the audience. Yeah, came, yeah. And we got to talk with Chelsea. And so, yeah, she had mentioned that I think it's been extended. So I'm just wondering how much we say or how much, you know, how, how would you phrase, how would you pitch the show if you were saying, hey, P, come out and see it without giving things away? Sure. Well, I I had a worry that this play was going to be um, perceived as anti-tech. Mm-hmm. And it's really not. It's kind of saying when you have a an environment, social environment of mm-hmm. people, and they're building various technical things... Mm-hmm. You know, that's great. I mean, technology is supposed to help our lives. But mm-hmm. if all they're concerned about is A, making money, mm-hmm. B, like making more money, mm-hmm. uh, C, they really don't care uh, about the privacy of people. Right. It's really a problem. And so my, I saw... Uh, uh, a woman uh, she was a black woman who worked at Google and she was the chief ethics officer Mm -hmm. she was the head of the team there was another woman I don't know why it's all these women that are like hey wait a minute but uh, anyway they said oh this is our ethics officer and she wrote a paper saying you know what Google's doing is not really Mm. very ethical Mm. like there's a lot of problems right right now she outed she outed Google yeah and they, they fired got, her. They, got they rid fired of her. Of course. Fascinating. <clears throat> yeah. And so it's very interesting when you have a job, mm-hmm. and then if you do it, you get fired for doing it. Right. Well, sure. It reminded me, you brought up the uh, the subprime loan crisis, but it also reminds me of Enron. I forget the woman's name. Mm-hmm. Kay, I want to say Kay Hutchinson, but I'm oh, probably wrong. But she was a whistleblower. You know, she. Yeah. I think she worked within the company Enron. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, this is wrong. She brought it up to Skilling and to, um, I forget the uh, the dude's name who ran it. Um, well, they were all thrown in jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Are you, you know, are you loyal? You know, hey, this is business right. for business purposes. And there's one line in your play, Business or Disruption, where he's like, you know, anti-regulation. You know, we can't have regulation. I think it right. was uh, his, he's, pro- he's practicing his speech he's going to give to Congress. Right. And that's a trend within a lot of these tech companies. It's like, right. hey, we're doing something magnificent and great. This is like the third industrial revolution. Yep. You know, it's like Henry Ford and we're the new versions of, you know, Edison. And it, and it may be awkward. There <laughs> yeah. may be some bumps along the way. But right, that's, exactly. that's progress. And don't get in the way. <clears throat> no regulation. Right. Mm-hmm. Let us do our thing. This is capitalism at, our, at, our, at the very best, regardless of what the, the, the collateral damage is. That's right. Especially emotional. Yeah. And for me, usually... Uh, most plays or or movies that you might see that involves 
the issues around tech. Right. It's like an apocalyptic, you know, they're right. all taking over sure. now yeah. mm-hmm. from 2001. It's with a broad brush and it's right. always the greatest extreme. Yeah, but yeah. W- right now it's problematic. Yes. Right. This minute. Yeah. And that's the thing that I wanted to show and I wanted to show that Congress, I don't even think Congress is going to be the ones to stop it. They are not it. going to stop it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and you exemplified it so well in the script. You know, Jan does a fantastic job. Jan Zeifler. Um, Mike Tuton? Uh, Michael Tuton. Mike Tuton, yeah. yeah. And, um, and Chelsea, I don't yeah. know Chelsea. And, Chelsea. Uh, of course, incredibly, Lowell Lowell Sonors. Yes. That the cast is incredible. Yeah. The, um, I, I was shocked at how timely, uh, and I don't mean timely, I mean there's so much tech talk, there's so much minutia that you managed to pull into yeah. the play, as the rhythm, well as, the rhythm. As, well as clowning on yeah. the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Was the Warriors the A's? <laughs> the, the A's. It was the A's, it was fantastic. <laughs> no, I try to have something for everybody, because I, I know there's a lot of like philosophy talk and mm-hmm. everything else, but yeah. I put, throw in a few... Bathroom humor. Yeah, you we got sex. Yeah. We got everything. So you, you managed to get a lot in there. It keeps moving. Um, I love. I mean, you are very familiar with the Central Works, you know, um, Method. culture. Yeah, and how to make use of that. But I just felt it felt fresh. It felt exciting. When intermission came, I was like, "Really? Wow, that <laughs> did, was quick." It, it, it did feel quick. It felt yeah. very, very quick. I, and I want to, I don't want to cut it. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But we were just gushing over, you know, just with just four characters, you establish class, you tackle, you know, these very, very uh, technical things. And that's something that I struggle with as a writer because there are lots of technical things that I want to talk about. It's exciting to me, right. but i got to make it exciting to the audience right. and make it palatable yep. to the audience so they can understand what's going on. And a lot of times you get a lot of buzzwords and, you know, inside talk and jargon right. that can go over someone's head yep. and you can easily miss the humanity. But yep. you don't do that, especially the second act. There's a monologue that... Um, I forget the the lead character. Um, Kamiri, yeah, yeah Kamiri. played by Chelsea Pearson. Yeah. Chelsea is She's just yeah. yeah, devastating yeah. in yeah. that monologue. And that um, there's uh, the Greeks had a thing where you you need three three different elements. You need ethos, mm-hmm. which is the ethical and the spiritual. You need logos, which is the thought, and mm-hmm. you need pathos, which is the heart. Yeah. And so the play is very much on the plane of logos and ethos for the first act, right? right Just right, everybody right. is running around and they've all got their agendas, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ethical person, the most ethical person in the play, is Chelsea's character. And she's not perfect by right. any means, yeah. right? And she's kind of, you know, everybody finds her annoying because she's like, that's sure. not right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but by the second act, we get more of the pathos, especially around her <clears throat> relationship with her mom. Right. Um, what happened to her at the hands of Bubble. And... Her relationship with uh, Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that one scene, it was almost like an anchor. It's like, you know, we have these buzzwords and these really cool people saying cool things, but all of a sudden you have, hey, listen, sit down. I'm going to tell you a story of how technology can affect us emotionally. Right. And it was so emotional and mm-hmm. so just grounded. Yep. 
And even the reaction of um, the, the male actor, um, Mike. Mike, his character, X. So, you know, gets into the hey, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil. <laughs> right, right, to, right, right, right. But instead of being compassionate, he it, it's still about him. Yeah. Hey, it, it was my him, decision almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you made a decision, and I wasn't involved in it, and it's, it's like, oh wow. But those are conversations that happen. That's right. And it comes naturally. It didn't mm-hmm. just come out of the blue. So you really blend the heart. Mm-hmm. As well as the you know the whole technology and like I said the the hierarchy the class you know Luel Senora is playing the low level techie you know guy and who's going to be the fall guy right the CEO yeah yeah and then you have you know the uh, the the woman who the is ethics officer yeah the yeah. ethics officer and then probably the highest arc <laughs> and probably the one who knows knows the least <laughs> is um, you know the senator the, yeah yeah, yeah exactly senator. Yeah. so. No, it's 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 a beautiful mix. I feel like, like I was excited when Reg said that you were able to come on because I thought, oh my god, we just saw the show. Yes, which coincidentally, Reg and I just happened to go to the show. We hadn't talked. We had not planned on. Yeah, yeah. So that was a wonderful coincidence. Um, we just saw it. It's Central Works, right? You know, walks that tightrope of making new works and pulling together that cast and making it all happen in that little room. And it's a trick, and it's not easy to pull that trick off. And I thought, like, last night was a great example of how you can make that happen. And to me, the kind of core of what Central Works is, has been, from the beginning, was a company of local talent going, hey, we can make serious theater, we can make professional. And I kind of hate that word. It's, it's in, in the arts, it's so hard to define what is and isn't professional. Right. But that was what they were aspiring to. That's what they try to do with all their shows and I feel like in this show it just captures it so well you know and to be in an audience of a lot of theater people mm-hmm. and to be sitting next to people I was sitting next to a couple and we kept chatting and they were like oh we went to this we go to that we go to the marsh on a regular basis and I'm like so these are serious theater people yeah and it's easy to forget that if you're going to define the theater community, you need those people. That's mm-hmm. right. So for those people, I feel like Central Works is this amazing treat. You come in, you don't have a clue what you're going to see, <laughs> and you sit down, and this happens. You know, you can reach out and touch the actors. You literally can reach out and touch the actors at moments. And it all unfolds in front of you, and you walk away going, oh my God, that was a wonderful play. We've got so much incredible talent here in the Bay Area. And mm-hmm. wow, look at the creativity that is very specific to this space, this time. Ah, you know, it's just amazing what they pull off. I feel like this is such a great example of it. Yeah, it, it really is. I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, Central Works, and I told Gary this, you know, before we mm-hmm. saw the show, that Central Works is, is a niche, has a niche. We were talking about how other companies have fallen mm-hmm. um, Dragon Eggs and Exit Theater and. Right. Um, uh, piano fight, piano fight. Yeah. but Central Works it has its core audience an audience that knows hey we come all the time we don't know what we're going to see but we're going to see something great right. and we're dedicated yep Having that dedicated audience, and it's a small venue. You know, mm-hmm. I think you only need fifty or so to sell it out. Uh, no, it's probably it well, they can 50. squeeze in. It is 50. they can squeeze in more. Yeah, they can bring in more chairs. They, they, there's a couple. <laughs> no, they know the spaces. They know the exact spots where they can put one or two more chairs. Yeah. Well, it was funny because um, <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed. Of course, we 
we don't have a lot of set mm-hmm. going yes. on, right. right? Because the room is small. Yeah. And so, you know, just some chairs you know, mm-hmm. and a table or two have to really be the set. The scene, right. And Mike, who plays Extifer, I know, he has to set name. up these <laughs> chairs. Yeah. I mean, he has to set up these tables. Right. And it was like the last, it was the final dress. Uh-huh. And we decided he was going to carry the tables in. Yep. Okay, he's the CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's carrying tables in. But it works. It, it works it tells fine. The story. Yeah. It's great. It tells the story. And, you know, uh, I forget. I forget who it was, if it was Sophocles or something, but he said that one of the things that you really need is to have spectacle. Yeah. They said theater has to have spectacle. Right. Mm-hmm. And at Central Words, the spectacle is the actors. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. It is. And they are spectacular. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're right there. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I So a couple of weeks ago, I went to see uh, Nash, New Conservatory Theaters. Uh, they did Before the Sword. A high side. And the set was just magnificent. It was really mm-hmm. like stepping into a, a J.E.R. Tolkien, you know, novel. Oh, uh-huh. damn. But you're absolutely right. The spectacle, aside from beautiful sets, mm-hmm. is really the actors. And when you have actors, and the burden is really on the actors to, mm-hmm. hey, we ha- you have to be such a commanding presence and mm-hmm. so tight on your script and your characters and the confidence. And, you know, Extifer really did have that. <laughs> yeah. You know, he came in, hey, we're going to yeah. set this up, we're going to do this, and we got to talk business. And I've been in some of these, you know, meetings, I mean, from a legal's perspective. Yeah. And that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was wonderful because you felt like, on the one hand, he's saying, here we are, we're a big, important company. On the other hand, we literally just walked, watched him walk in and set up a conference <laughs> yeah. room for and us. Of course, and of course, they're in there, you know, like jeans yeah. and whatever. Oh, that's because that's, that's what the tech, tech folks do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's, I have a billion dollars, but I'm just it going works to, you know. so brilliantly. Yeah. I'm curious because um, it feels like, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just because I pay attention to what you're doing, but it feels like you've got a lot going on these days. It feels like your work is, is kind of getting some attention. Well, I, for some reason, the on the East Coast, yeah, yeah, the Victorian Ladies Detective Collective mm-hmm. is enjoying three different productions. Oh, that's, yay! Fantastic. that's fantastic! That is a yay, a definite yay. And people ask me like, "How did that happen?" <laughs> and I say, "Well, it's serendipity. It's not. I mean, I didn't really do it. I put my play on the new play exchange. Yep. All right. Yep. Yep. So any playwrights out there." Get Please your do. place on the New Play Exchange. Yep, yep. Ta- I tagged it. You mm-hmm. know, it's a mystery, murder mystery, yep. you know, Victorian. It's got Comedy. women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, diverse cast. Yep. And what happened is they did it in Maine. That's something called the Public Theater. So oh. now I can say, oh, I had a play at the Public <laughs> at the Theater pub- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of Maine. Right. Anyway, it, it won Best Play, uh-huh. the Best Production yeah. of the Year with uh-huh. uh, Broadway World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I think other, somebody else heard of that. And mm-hmm. there was actually a woman who had auditioned to play the one of the characters and uh-huh. she didn't get the part and yeah. she said well I'm going to put this on myself oh really so she took it to her local oh, theater and they fantastic. put it on which yeah. was great 
I try to write parts like that. Yeah. I love actors. I admire actors so much. And I try to write parts where the actors just want to play it. Yeah. You know, want to play that part. So. Yeah. A new play exchange, for those who don't know, what it is is you you put your play up, and every now and then you'll get emails. Like, I, I've got plays up on the new play exchange, mm-hmm. and I'll get emails saying, hey, you need to submit, you know, do submissions, you know, someone, we think that your play could fit, you know, th- this particular area or right. this particular theater company. And you submit your thing, and, you know, if you get it, great. If not, you know, at least you had the opportunity. So it's it's a wonderful repository. So new play exchange, we'll put a little thing up there. A link, yeah, They're yeah, great. yeah, yeah. A question I have for you. Um, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, my question was going to be because um, it's it's my little bugaboo as a theater artist, and I I, I identify as a regional theater artist. I am mm-hmm. a working, <laughs> I say working class theater artist because <laughs> I'm not making all that much money, but I'm paying my bills, um, and I like being here. But there is a sad truth, and it has been true, I don't know that it still is, that when your work gets attention somewhere else, then suddenly the people here kind of go, oh, wait a minute, who are you? Have you experienced that at all? Yeah. Don't they say the prophet is unknown in his own land or something oh, like yes, that? Yes, there yes. Is, yeah. 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 So, I think it's biblical, too. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's, it's really true. People don't. I don't know. They don't value local. I mean, I'm always surprised when I go see a show. Mm-hmm. There's nobody local in the show. Right. It's, the big it's house sad. is it's so yeah. sad. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, ACT has suddenly turned a corner. Yes. And that's I noticed been amazing. that. Yeah. For the yeah. last, at least last couple of seasons. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I noticed that. Um, is it Chelsea? Who's the, who's the actor who plays the... Um, the woman, Chelsea. Yeah, it's Chelsea. Yeah. I know she's one of your favorite actors because she's been in <laughs> all three of the previous yes. uh, plays that you've well, done. Well, she yes. seems to really vibe with your stuff, too. Yeah, and, I agree and that's with that. the other question I had is I wonder, knowing the cast, how much that influenced what you were writing. Because Mike, when I heard that Mike was going to do it, one, I didn't know that Mike was an actor. I, I've Neither heard did him anybody. Read, uh, <laughs> but he's so perfect for yeah. the role. And I yeah. Was like, yeah, yes, he is. Was that a you wrote the character and Mike was perfect for it, or was that yeah. a oh, I kind of know Mike? Yeah, did you custom Mike knows did you custom stuff. make the play or the characters for the actors? I will say with Chelsea and Jan, mm-hmm. uh, I do write for them. I write for them. They're, right. I mean, hello, sure. they're fantastic. Yes, mm-hmm. so. If I can get them in my play, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't matter because that it can go elsewhere. I mean, the one that's on the East Coast mm-hmm. is it was Chelsea and Jan who originated those roles. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but Mike, okay, so yes, I wrote for Chelsea and Jan. Uh, Luell, I love. I've written for Luell before. Mm-hmm. I really wanted him in the show. I think he's fantastic. He is yes. amazing. Oh, so funny. And he's not like that character at all. No, 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 no of course not. Yeah, I, I would say he's the Bay Area's like Steve Buscemi. He, he's, yeah, he's got a and he's so unique he's way very, of yeah. approaching a character that makes you pay attention. That's yes. right. That's right. Really wonderful to work with too. And understated humor. His, yeah. his sense of humor just it kind of sneaks in on yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. And so with Michael, Michael's a playwright. Uh, and cut like a ad guy. He's like right. a madman. Yep. Mm. And uh, he was 
writing a play. He was in the workshop. And so when we read pages, mm-hmm. I yeah, always yeah. cast him as Extifer. Right, right, right. And he did fantastic. Now, somebody who's good on Zoom is not, you don't know right, right, how right, they right. are, right? <laughs> Being mm-hmm. live in right. person in a tiny space. Right, right. That's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. that's hard for people who act regularly. Right, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's so intimate. But Mike, he worked his butt off. Yep. He was very rigorous. Uh, Gary gave him a lot of coaching, and this is his first his first time as is an Is that actor. right? His timing was fantastic. Absolutely excellent. And I immediately went to him and said, hey, we got to get you on. No, he, he was fantastic. I mean, everybody is fantastic. Everybody feed well off yes. of each other, so oh, that's they, wonderful. Yeah. And Mike's not like extrovert either. But the thing is, sometimes you'll get an actor. I have seen this, and I have written sympathetic and genuine male characters, mm-hmm. but some of my male characters are like... <laughs> are less. <laughs> less yes, a little bit villainous. Anyway, so... And sometimes actors don't want to go there. Right. They don't want to be like, oh, I'm a jerk. Right, right, right. Mike will go right there. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what's interesting about that character, Extifer, and what Mike brings to it? Because when you have antagonists, Mm-hmm. Usually, you, you know, the antagonist has to be. You know, one thing that we talked, me and Ronica talked about as we were walking away, is that your characters are three dimensional. You know, right, they're not right, just yes. one dimensionally evil. We understand why, mm-hmm. and we've yeah. seen individuals like that, like Steve Jobs. You know, yeah. Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, we love the products that he helps create. Right, but he was a butthole. You yeah. know, he right. was horrible to his daughter and his you know wife slash girlfriend. Um, his business partners. But these guys are driven. Yeah. yeah. And there's a reason why they're driven, and yep. he justifies your character. Expert justifies everything that he's doing. And That's he's like, right. hey, listen, there's ends to a means, and you know, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got, I've got a goal, and we've got a goal for bubble, and you know, and this is your purpose, and this is what I'm gonna do. And he even talks about his pain, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he's very, very open. So you don't have a one dimensional. I mean, one of the problems, and I'm just gonna say this about the 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 new conservatory play, the. Um, Oh shucks! Before the sword, yeah. I felt that the character there was a male character antagonist who's a father who beats his son, and sure. he's got you know issues because he used to was in the war and he was affected by World right. War Two. But he was so one dimensional. He was just so he might as well just had you know a cat, you know the Blofeld cat, <laughs> uh, because there was just no. I was like, why is he doing this? And he's just. I mean, it's just so you really do an excellent job in having everyone understand why they're doing what they're doing. And I think as an actor, I'm sure you can talk about this, Norman. Mm. When you get a script, you'll want to know, okay, so what? what is the justification? Why am I doing this? You know, like, I remember you talked about, well, you, Polonius, or, you uh, know. Much Ado. Yeah, Much Ado. And, and, yeah. But even Let's Where let I throw my daughter, I, it, the play requires me to throw my daughter under the bus. I totally am just like, I'm done with you. Oh, wait, you're still alive? You shouldn't be alive because... You suck, and you made my life miserable. Right, because you're loyal to the family. You're loyal to the... Um... Well, the, the Don Pedro, the prince. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, everything becomes about me. Right. And then there would have been a time where I could not have comfortably have done that. In fact, I have. I can, I can think of roles where I wasn't comfortable being the villain because I personally did not want to be the villain. And now I'm like, how can I justify this so that I feel right. good about what I'm experiencing 
And I mean, and not good like I'm a good person, but good like this makes sense to me. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like we see that totally in the play. Mike has figured out, and maybe it's with Gary's help, but he's figured out how to just turn on that dime of I can totally reveal my feelings to you and then turn and put put together an equation of, and therefore we're going to try and get this done. Right, right. exactly. And it's like the proverbial thorn in the paw. I don't know what that story is. Androcles and the lion. Right, exactly. And he says it, hey... This is the pain that you gave me, and, and right. but but right. I, I'm I've, I've made it, I survived, and now I'm going. But he's really saying, I mean, from from what I read, this is the reason why I'm going to succeed because I'm not going to let failure like what you did to me. Yep, it's a justification. Yeah, yep, and it's very interesting because I have read there are studies that say that if you are rich, your brain changes. Uh-huh. Fascinating. Huh. Yeah, isn't it? Because it explains a lot. Right. Well, we could talk about yeah, Kanye yeah. West. Uh, we could talk about Elon Musk. Oh you my like god! Like your brain yes. changes, and you are not as empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. With other yeah. people. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. No, you're hoarding. Yeah. Well, they say it isn't money that's the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root. Of right. Evil. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And if you, you know, love it, if you covet it, then you know. Um, one last question I was going to ask you. What makes a Patricia Milton play? I mean, I'm sure there are themes. I know like when I write, I know that there is something that I want to convey to the world because um, there's just something in my system that I want. And it's a story that's not being told, so I'm going to tell it. What about you? Not just for Internet of Our Disruption, but let's say Bamboozled and some of the other places you've worked oh, on. Oh, I, I also want to know. I'm trying to remember what Bamboozled was. I Bamboozled, okay. Chelsea and Stacy Ross were a couple of lawyers and um, Janae, Janae, Janae Simon, yeah, Janae yes, Simon yeah. uh, was accused of stealing these Confederate, this Confederate memorabilia. Oh right, yeah, I did not see it. Damn it! Yeah, it was good. Hey, I'm glad to hear. <laughs> anyway, so it usually starts with uh, a character or or a just something that. I want to learn more about. Mm-hmm. So I always do a lot of research. Uh, most of my plays involve w- women main characters. I'm interested in, you know, populating the stage with women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. nothing wrong with that. And, um, you know, with Bamboozled, it was interesting because I read about this. There was a guy that embezzled, or he's, Told a guy, "I'll buy your Confederate Confederate memorabilia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For you know whatever, yes. uh, five thousand dollars or something." And the guy was okay. And then it turned out it was worth a million. But I'm like, "Wow, who's gonna buy this? You yeah. know, like, yeah. like it was Toxic, very you know. gross to me." And so, anyway, mm-hmm. I thought it ended up being a play about reparations. <laughs> In a way that uh, just made me happy, and they were there was they were removing a Confederate monument in that play, and that happened before they did that. Wow, wow! So your play was timely. So I really tried to see what's going on at the moment and get curious about it. Yeah, uh, Victorian ladies is a little bit about me too. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm writing another one. I'm writing another Victorian Ladies Detective Collective 
play called Accused, mm -hmm. which will happen next summer. And that, but what's so interesting to me is 1890s London mm -hmm. is like now. There's an explosion of new technology. Yeah, okay? the World's Fair happened in 1893. Everything yeah. is like so. Women's roles are changing. There was uh, immigration, like a flood of immigrants coming in. Mm -hmm. There, it was just very, very interesting. And there were um, that was the origin of uh, te modern terrorism mm -hmm. because the anarchists were blowing things Emma up. Goldman. Yep. Goldman. Yep. Yeah. And labor, like a huge labor movement. Right. Yep. So it's it's very interesting to set a play yeah. then that reflects. I think it was the dawn of Marxism. Yeah, Marx, that's right. right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. But getting back to just the overall arc, like it sounds like your plays, like j listening to, you know, describing Baboozled and the um the ladies, I forget the the title, <laughs> but yeah. but Victorian even in, but women's mm -hmm. women's or ladies, Victorian ladies, ladies, Victorian detective ladies, collective. detective collective, <laughs> yeah, and engine rod disruption. It sounds like you have like there's technology or there is a um, a sort of I don't know intellectualism, but there is a character that tries to bring the humanity or tries Absolutely. to establish the humanity. Absolutely. It's like light in the darkness. Yes. And uh, I mean, that's always a play. You yeah. A play, you've got to fo be focusing on the people. I mean, yeah, it's got to be about somebody's struggle. And it's often a struggle with just what's going on right now, which is yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like, especially in this, you know, play that we saw, Engine of Disruption, there's only one person who has their eye on ethics. That's right. Just one. And it may it may be four people on the stage, but you get the feeling the world is against her. Yeah. Or the world thinks differently or is just going along with the program except her. Yeah. So, that is fascinating. Um, it's 12.01. So, yeah. <laughs> birthdays. <Wow. Boom. laughs> This was so fun. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in the future as, as Norman is uh, going through a storm? Getting, getting the bait. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Getting birthdays ready. It sounds um, like you have 2024 set up. You have a, like, a 2024 one. set up. Ooh. Oh, that's funny. I'm all nervous here. I've been driving over here thinking about my play. Um, yeah. I'm just, I just really, really, really enjoy writing plays. Mm -hmm. I love to sit in the audience and hear people laugh. People laughing together is one of the greatest things in the world. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So I hope I can continue doing that. Yeah. And you haven't thought about uh, writing for, I don't know, um, film or television or even doing some like YouTube or filming some of your plays. I have. Here's the thing. Theater is always number one to me because of the live aspect and the people going through the same things same time same space mm -hmm. that's so important to me yeah i would love i think the victorian ladies actually would make a fantastic uh six episode you know little yeah. series mm -hmm. um but i'd rather write another play <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean Just it's something to think job. about too you know to have some has any of your plays been filmed mm, no interesting Maybe not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Even during Zoom? Nope. nope. That's funny. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Birthdays. birthdays. Woo! 
Today, um, it's funny, uh, Dave Usner, Usner, I don't know how to pronounce his name, U-S-N-E-R, mm-hmm. um, yeah. is a um, Bay Area actor, and he might be most known for, he was in um, Fruitvale Station. Oh, yeah. Wow. Remember yeah. That? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as a man on the street. The Oscar Grant In San story, Francisco. Right? It's the Oscar Grant story. Yeah. And there's a moment where they go, before the murder, they go to San Francisco to party, New Year's Eve, and they see a man on the street naked. Mm. <laughs> and that's Dave. Dave! And he makes jokes about it. Yay! And I just love, and there, uh, <laughs> there's another, I won't mention the name, but there's another local actor who got a beautiful little scene in there. And I was like, I love that local actors get get that exposure anyway his birthday is today um one of the funnest stage managers ever worked with karen schleifer wow that's almost as hard as zeifler her birthday is today uh andy trindle is uh somebody i got to work with with a small company in san francisco and got to do uh atoll fugard which i don't get to do enough of I, i think that stuff is incredible um Heidi Hernandez Getty. For some reason, I'm focusing on stage managers today. <laughs> um, we love stage managers. I do. Um, Belly Sullivan is an amazing um, African American performer. We met at the African American Shakespeare Company. Um, also got this wicked sense of humor. Just really incredible person. Uh, one family. I usually don't include family stuff, but my niece's birthday is coming up this week. Bree Rucker. Yay. Um, I'm going to skip this one because I'm pretty sure you've got it. Shalanda Ingram is a, um, I think of her as a producer. And it's funny because people don't really associate producers with the artistic thing. But it producing, good producing is an artistic endeavor. And Shalanda is an amazing artist. Um, AC Andre is somebody I've never, I believe his first name is actually Andre. So he's Andre Andre. Um, older African-American actor who we've never gotten to work together, but we keep circling each other. And then when I first got to the Bay Area, um, I was working at a cafe, and it turned out one of the other, one of my co-workers was an actor. So one of the first shows I ever saw in the Bay Area was me going all the way up to Richmond from San Francisco to see a little show, um, Short Eyes, amazing yeah. prison play. And Kirk Christ was um, that that performer and that co-worker. Uh, and we have almost never got... I don't know that we've actually worked together mm. <laughs> as actors. But, you know, many, many years ago that was. Uh, Robert Elhai, I went to high school with. Um, pianist and composer, I guess. His name yeah. actually appears in films. Sometimes at the end of a film, it's like, whoa, <laughs> damn. I nice. think he got in the Disney thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Bruno is a performer... Again, it's weird to me, people who I've never actually worked with. Seen them, worked with them in other contexts, workshops and things like that, but not actually working on plays. Um, And then the last one I have is Mia Pashal, who again is in that category. I think we did finally get to work together. Um, This very petite, wonderful performer. Mm -hmm. Those are my birthdays for the week. Happy birthday. It's funny, Mia Pashal, it's funny how small the world is, but I remember uh, doing sound work for her. Mm-hmm. must have been it may be as many as 20 years ago yeah yeah no, in any she's, case she's been on the scene yeah alrighty you saved uh, three days ago it was Priya Gaia Dean's birthday so uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
No, I did that one last week. Yeah, dude, we did last week. Uh, let's see. Uh, tomorrow will be Alex Frankel's birthday. Alex Frankel is a local actor. He, uh, I stage managed him. We did. Uh, it was a fringe festival. It was um, Texas Chainsaw Musical, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> He had a wonderful song. As a matter of fact, he's a fantastic singer. I think he's an opera oh. singer as well as wow. an actor. Um, he had a song called It's Easy Being Cruel. But in any case, I, I remember him. <laughs> Happy birthday, Alex. Uh, speaking of singing, uh, Monday, Mariana Wolf's birthday is on Monday. Uh, she was the um, musical director at the Douglas Morrison Theater. Uh, she is the husband of... The Christ- wife? I, I'm the sorry. The, she, Her husband is... Um, <laughs> Christian, um, something Christian. Uh, he uh, he he has a piece in um, Musical Cafe. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the werewolf. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I forget his first name. But in any case, Mariana, happy birthday to you. Um, also on Monday, Andrew Miramontes. I stage managed him when we did Debbie Does Dallas the Musical. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that production, I mean, people pay to sit on the floor. They It was packed. This was like uh, 2006. In any case, um, on Tuesday, uh, another great playwright, Aaron Hahn, is his birthday is on Tuesday, Halloween. Um, he did. Uh, I stage managed him. Uh, it was Lifetimes Three, uh, a play by Yasmina Reza uh, about uh, the Higgs Bossom and all sorts of uh, cool stuff. Uh, happy birthday, Aaron. On Wednesday, another great playwright, Oliver Saria. He is a Philippine playwright. Mm. And uh, I was on stage. I uh, participated in N.I. Dallas's world-famous Lechon, written by him. Uh, it was a wonderful play that dealt with breaking... It dealt with tradition, Philippine tradition, but also breaking tradition, and sometimes tradition, even though it may feel good and something that your father and grandfathers have done, may be unhealthy like eating pork and that sort of stuff. <laughs> and that was the topic of his play. So, Oliver, happy birthday to you. Um, on Thursday, uh, Richard Harder's birthday uh, is there, and he was the artistic director of Off-Broadway West. And there are a couple of posters uh, in my room <laughs> where that features Off-Broadway West, like Hedda Gobbler and... Um, um, Oh, what's the Eighth of Full Guard piece? Uh, Master Harold and the Boys. Uh, they uh, he commissioned a play for me, and they did it. And I just talked to him the other day. Oh, no, nice. is that right? Well, up there, yeah, Small he's up world. in Bellingham, right? Yeah, that's Bellingham, right, Bellingham, Washington. Washington. Damn, all the way up. There. Yeah, and and Richard, you know, he's he's been fantastic. He's supported me, you know, throughout the years, and I'm glad he and Barbara are doing well. Um, happy birthday to him. Also on Thursday, Bruce Kaplan. Bruce Kaplan, he's a veteran actor. He's been around, and I was on stage with him when we did 110 in the Shade. Mm. And he's doing a lot of work these days. I've got to get him on. Yeah. I think um, he's got to be 70 or close to his 80s. Hey, uh, hey. And he's still doing it. And I think on uh, – well, that's that's next week. So okay. that's it. That's we'll save it. We'll save that. <laughs> I will save that. Shows. I think you've got everything I was... Yeah, is there not a playground thing going on, or is that done? Playground's done for this month. Um, the uh, Innovator Showcase mm-hmm. is what they're calling it. The um, That's coming up in November, so we'll, we'll get more information about that. But yeah, Baldwin Project is part of that. We're the 17th and 18th 
Um, oh, okay. I am not your Negro poet. Yeah. And I'm pulling up the Central Works thing. Oh, of course, I'm not on the internet because mm. I don't want I didn't want the pop-ups. But I believe you mentioned that in the engine of our disruption is being this extended. I have yeah. now that it's November the twelfth that it ends. Yeah, I think they go one more week. One more week. Yes. By all means, folks, you get got to see it. It's a fantastic writing, fantastic acting, and you know we have uh, pay what you can. Thursday. If you will, if you want to go on Thursday, you mm-hmm. can go on the website right now and pay a buck. Get a ticket. So <laughs> there you go. Or if you can afford more, pay more because yes. we want to support local. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the engine of our disruption. That's October. It started October the fourteenth, and uh, I guess it's extended till the nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, great actors are in it. Uh, check it out, and you don't even have to search for the website. We have the link. Just hit the link, and you'll get there. Yeah. Um, also, musical cafe showcase. Uh, we've talked about that. That would oh. be in the Freight and Salvage in Berkeley. Only two nights. That's October the 29th and the 30th. Mm-hmm. That's tomorrow and uh-huh. Monday. And uh, support all of the uh, the budding musical writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got four great shows. Four, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. we've highlighted that on the last yay. So check that out. The Legend of Georgia McBride at the Center Rep at the Lesher Center of the Arts. Check that out. That opens November the 4th. It ends November the 26th. Jed Presario is in it. Mm-hmm. Alan Coyne is in it. Elizabeth Carter is directing the show. And I've got a link for that. Um, Joe Turner's Come and Gone. We've talked about lower and bottom players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Karan Streets, the, he was the guy who is stuck in L.A. Uh, so oh, he's can- in L.A. That's great. Yeah, he's a he's a rapper. He has actually two albums out, so uh, he's doing the acting. He's an amazing. He's a wonderful actor and an amazing soul. It, yeah, he really is. I had the pleasure of a lifetime uh, stage managing him, mm-hmm. and I really wanted him on. He's he's just very well, raw, raw in a good way. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. in any case, we've got the link for that. Please go and see that. Mm-hmm. New conservatory, yeah, New Conservatory Theater. Yes, the, of course, uh, it's a fantastic um, August Wilson piece. Mm-hmm. We are continuous. That's at the New Conservatory Theater Center. Uh, that opened October the twentieth. It closes November the twenty sixth. Sean J. West is directing it, and the lighting designer is the incredible Stephanie Johnson. So check that out. Um, Z Space is doing Citizen. Z Below is doing Citizen. Uh, it opened October the 18th and closes November the 12th. Carolina Morones is in it, as well as Letitia Duarte. It's amazing. Yeah. It is a wonderful show. So check that out. Uh, San, Jose, San Jose Playhouse is doing Disenchanted. That opened October the 12th and it ends November the 5th. That's the dark uh, telling um, Disney. of Disney. Echo Yamamoto oh. <laughs> is in that. <laughs> so check that out. And then after that, Echo, because she's very, very busy, is also doing Sleeping Beauty. That'll open December 1st through the 30th at the Presidio Theater. Her and Sharon Shaw will be in that, so check that out. And I've been hearing rave praise about Nollywood uh-huh. Dreams uh, at the at San Francisco Playhouse, so check that out. Uh, when does that finish? That finishes oh, November the next 4th. Next weekend. Yeah. So Angel Adedokin and Tanika Baptiste are in that, so check that out. Don't just listen to our podcast. Listen to a couple of others. Uh, Barry Graves has The Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Um, Mallory Samara, her day job when she's not helping us out is KCBS and she is producing two um, podcasts called As Prescribed. It's a weekly conversation with leading medical experts at UCSF Medical Center and it's generational, a deep dive on how each generation looks at things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, We've talked about the Central Work Script Club. That's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright, delivered semi-annually. 
our friend Aaron Henney, who came from Central Works. <laughs> we had him on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he is the artistic director of Theater Dybbuk in L.A., and they have a podcast called The Dybbukast. It is a Jewish uh, theater-based podcast through a combination of performed readings and interviews with artists and scholars. The Dybbukast brings these creations and their historical contexts to life, all while revealing their relationships to issues still present today. And lastly, Bindlestep has the Fobcast, exploring Philippine-American immigrant stories. Check out the Fobcast on any podcast app. There you go. Patricia, Fantastic. thank you so much for uh, coming you. at such late notice. Hopefully you had a good time. I certainly did. Yay. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> Yay. No, it's fantastic. And once again, amazing work. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, we're going to push whatever you're doing. <laughs> we really are. Um, we are on all podcast apps. We're on that purple podcast app on your iPhone and iPad. We're also on Spotify, Overcast, SoundCloud, and the Amazon podcast. Just go on music.amazon.com, search for the A, and you will find us. Jerseys. <laughs> Damn, I nearly forgot. Uh, matter of fact, I'm sold out of the black, but oh, I do have the white. I want to see the pictures that you took last night. Oh, oh yeah, I do have that. Of my jacket with, <laughs> that, the, with the yay on it. Yeah, yeah. I've got logos. I'm searching for a seamstress, actually, because uh, oh, seam, or seamster a, or seamstress. I, I may have a, name, a number for you. Excellent, excellent, because uh, I've got the patches. I've got the jerseys. I just got to This woman is over here on uh, 15th. At about fifteenth and like fifteenth, fifteenth and seventeenth, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. So we will have jerseys, uh, and you know, just hit me up, uh, PM me, and uh, you know, it's thirty dollars, and you can Venmo me the money, and uh, you look great. You know, support Bay Area Theater. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Um, I am at Red Space Clay on Instagram. And I'm at, both on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Hoosier Hoosier, and um, Baldwin Centennial now has an Instagram page. That's I'm right. trying to yeah. start nice. populating that. And yeah, and check out the BaldwinCentennialProject.com, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a long name, BaldwinCentennialProject.com. <laughs> yeah. And you have a, 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 a website of your own, PatriciaMilton.com. Yeah, there's a dash in there. Yep, and we have, <laughs> we have, a, link, and we have yes. a link there. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia Milton is apparently an Italian cosmetics firm. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Let's not step on... Get on that so line. you could you could have a little side hustle. Going. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but but if people wanted to reach you directly, how would they be able to do that? They could do it through my website. Yeah, yeah through your website. Yeah. Perfect. Uh-huh. There you go. If you're looking for a fantastic playwright, you can't go wrong with Patricia Milton. Thank um, you. There you go. That is it. It's twelve seventeen. Time to get out of here. And as Norman and I always say, we, we gotta, gotta find a better sign off. off. Happy holidays, happy uh, Halloween, Halloween. All Saints Day, Dia de los Muertos. Exactly. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>